0: Page Sadi As we said last time, this is where we left off last time There's many different types of souls Even though all of the souls in the world come from the same source okay, We all come from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Machshavah, The highest point in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nevertheless, there are different types of souls. Some souls like that of Moshe Rabbeinu and Avram Avinu emanate from the highest points, meaning they're the Rosh, and then, and they're the Moach, Legabe, the akev. those souls that are heel-oriented souls, and that's, like us, those that bring Mashiach. Yeah. No, even within our generation, there are souls that are higher-level souls and there are souls that are lower-level souls. It is, like, so it's a good question. A lot of people ask that question. I try not to get involved in answering that question because to me it's less relevant. Right? In other words, I don't have to sit there judging people and say, he's this type of soul, he's that type of soul. I know what type of soul I am. Right? I know I'm much more of the Akif type of soul. But there are words, right, throughout history... And even in this generation, there are people that you see that they're very clearly in a very different plane than the rest of us. This. What was that? What about I,
1: I went to the Kotalist area where I saw was like He's like, crying all
0: the whole time. Yeah, okay. That's it. Right. Which what happened?
1: How about this? You went last night. Yeah, you, have to, you have to go see You went last night? Yeah.
0: It's a special thing to see. Yeah.
1: So when you are... Oh, we're
0: going to discuss. We're going to discuss exactly what the yeah, nature of it means the... to have a particular type of soul. Oh, very good. Very good. So we're going to have to see what these things mean. One soul level than the other? No. But each level of soul indicates a particular mission of that soul. You if understand? I at, if I look at myself as an Akev soul, then I'll be sad. Then. Why? Why would not you so to that, be sad to be an of Soul? To be an Akev Soul is a big privilege. You're going to be the one that brings Mashiach. No, no. As within the generation, I can, I can have, not I can have, can I have, the the self. Soul- I don't want to say that word either. It's hard to say. Yeah, you know what I mean, Bobby. You're <laughs> never going to be the type of soul that you're not. Meaning, you have to know who you are. But it's like. This is who you are. There's no, there's no switching from that. Now, the question is how you can improve within that realm. But you're not going to be, you know, maybe you will be, but you're not going to be the next Labavacherev. You're not going to be the next, you know, uh, Balatanya. It's not, uh, but, that's not where we are. That's okay. We're not supposed to be. Does that make sense? When you say we're
1: not going to be the next Labavacherev,
0: we're going to explain. Do you mean that you're not, we're not going to have In old? action, you can do the same actions. As we say, again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but the actions of Tuvio can be the same exact actions as the actions of the Lababaji. That's what's important. And that that, and that, that that both people can lead similar lives but have very different missions, as we're going to see. So we say would never need the
1: Bob or or not be the same thing as it never be the same thing as random Josh on the side of the
0: street. It which is not our role. Yeah. Most
1: likely Joe Schmoll is not gonna have the state.
0: Everyone's going to have something different. But even within the general spectrum, there are souls that are lower level souls and there are souls that are higher level souls. But lower doesn't mean worse, it means a different type of mission. A mission that causes someone to be lower in the world. Does that make sense? You hear what I'm saying? Alright. So, why, why is it that
1: in most Hasidic uh, uh, dynasties that the, uh, the leader passes, like a lineage? Uh, by family or relation. Does yeah, so that mean in that specific family every, every, every
0: solace has a potential to be a saddick or no? It's just because t- that's because of t- how t- it is t- 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 that they're wanting to want to So t- power the Right, so it, uh, let's put it this way, right? When Hasidus started, the Baal Shem Tov didn't choose family members to be become rabbis. It was those tamidim that were those Sadiqim that became that became the next Sadiqam of the generation. And and sort of that's the way it's kind of always historically been. Meaning in the beginning. But there was, was if you were at Sadiq you were at Sadik. If you weren't at Sadik you weren't at Sadiq. You know, I, I think that uh, Chabad is a very interesting case because it's kind of awesome. first I mean, of not all there's,
1: there's, like, in now as a split because there are two people who can agree on
0: which Okay so I'm saying without without getting involved, let's say in the specifics, right? Because that might be less valuable to us. But let's take when I asked my cousins, why was, the, why was the Rebbe chosen, even though he was the younger son-in-law, right, because the Freyadikah Rebbe had two son-in-laws. The, pre, the sixth Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was called the Freyadikah Rebbe, had two son-in-laws. The Lubavitcher Rebbe was the, the younger, younger one. It now, so. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was expected to be the Rebbe. He right. was the younger son-in-law. He was working in the naval yards. He was an engineer. He wasn't like, they weren't expecting him to be the Rebbe. So how did he become the Rebbe? So the answer is, Because everyone decided he was the Rebbe. You know, it was like he was the one who they turned to to become Rebbe. That's what made him, so to speak, Rebbe. In other words, when you ask, if you ask like a real Labavitcher, why wasn't the older son in law the Rebbe? They're like, because he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? It's the person that you turn to that you identify as the tzaddik that you want to be connected to. You're right that the notion of father to son, there might be something in the fact that like a certain type of soul gives birth to a certain type of soul, perhaps. But it's not really the way it started, right? And the Baal Shem Tov was said, "Okay, you guys are Tzadikim, Go spread the message of tikkus." That's really the way it's supposed to be. Okay, okay. Right. Now, so in every single generation, Yesh Rosh'e Alpha Yisrael, there are those people that are the leaders of the gen- generation. Nishmos, amom, so there are people that are higher and there are people that are lower. Some people are the regular, plain people, and Relative to those people there are people that are leading the generation, or Chaim Kaniyaski leading the generation, right? And they are Kilu, the mind of the generation, as opposed to the akev of the generation. The of nefashos legabi nefashos. Every single soul, each on its own Now here's we're gonna to start to get into the anatomy of the soul and this very important. the mind is the one that becomes the CEO, the one that
1: thinks, and the is the one that does all the does all the work, all the movement.
0: That's, That's right. Why. That's right. That's exactly why. right. That's exactly right. Okay, this is important. The nefashos, The nefashos, ki nefesh kulula, min nefesh ruach v'neshama. This is very important. From here on in, from now on, whenever you think of a nefesh, whenever you think of a person, you need to think not just of his nefesh, but of three dimensions of his nefesh. Okay, so one of the things we're going to learn now is going to be a biology course for the next uh, bit. And what we're going to do is the anatomy of a soul. So when somebody says to you, uh, "You have a soul," you're going to actually know what that means. Okay. The first thing you have to know about a soul is that every soul, as we said, is rooted in the highest levels of God. But many souls are on many different levels. That was number one. Where is it? That we said already. Now we're in the second thing. Every soul is made up of three parts: nefesh, ruach, and Nisham. Okay. Now. Nefesh, ruach, and neshama are the three parts, the three aspects of the soul. Okay. What was that? It means that, but we're going to now. I'm going to explain what each one means. Okay, because they're each three dimensions of the soul. You must know this information moving forward. Okay. First thing is neshama. Neshama is the intellect of the soul, okay? So even though the word neshama means soul, neshama specifically refers to the intellect of the soul, okay? Then there is the ruach of the soul. The ruach of the soul is the emotions, okay? So, Hevra, why do we think? We don't think because we have a brain, right? Why do we think? We think because we have a mind, right? Where's the mind? The mind is in... Correct. That is a dimension of your soul. Then there is your Ruach. Why do you have emotions? What is
1: the function of the brain?
0: The brain is where it expresses itself. Right? It's like music expresses itself in sound.
2: The things you think... That's from your
0: Ruach? No, no. The things you think comes from your Nishan. Correct. The things I feel comes from my Ruach. Okay? And Nefesh... Is the part that brings how I think and how I feel into the world of action, so it spurs you to activity. So you could think. So like your energy. Correct. Exactly right, Rafi. So there's the there's the there's the of the of the, basically if you wanted to define the totality of a person, there's what you think, what you feel, and how you act, right? So where is that? Those are three dimensions of your soul, Fancy. Where is your own ah? We're going to see. That it's going to be complicated because it's going to exist in two different places. It's go neshama. nefesh of versus the nefesh of Kiss. and even within that, it's going to exist in multiple places. We're going to get there. Wait,
1: so we did. Nefesh is in the. Word. Nefesh
0: is the. Let's start from the top. The neshama is the top. That's how I think.
1: It's right here. Oh no! It's right here. It's the frontal lobe. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. We we'll say without getting into the physical aspects yet. Okay. The the neshama is when you're thinking, Roy. That's your neshama. When you're feeling, that's the ruach of your neshama, okay? And when you're acting, that's the nefesh of your neshama.
1: I know that nefesh is right there. But... So
0: we're going to see that it's... it's Tanya has his own specific, uh, what's it called? His own specific biology of it. Yeah? So it's each nefesh, ruach, and uh, neshama, ruach, and
1: nefesh, each of those are located within... Nefeshama, nefeshama kiss, we're going to see. see. We're going
0: to see. We're going to see. It's good. It's good. It's a good question you're asking. Right now, we're just speaking about the nefesh roch and neshama of the nefeshalokis. Yeah. Why is it that when you die, your neshama goes to someone else's own body? That's a big conversation. We're not ready for that. First, we have to find out what the neshama is. Then we can see what galgula means. But it's a good question. So far, so good. Now. But like, wh- why is there a nef? Why
1: is there? Wait, no. There's. Why is there? A, uh, yeah. Nefesh is not. It's what you think, and then there's the other one. But why is there the third
0: one of what you do? Is what you think and what you feel makes you do what you do? Well, that's that's the point. It's not that simple. Toby, don't be with it. The starts distracted for me. The it's not so simple that you just do it because you think it. You're just used to thinking that that's true. But the only reason that you do that is because you have a part of your soul already that does that. Right. In other words, without the without the nefesh of your soul, the neshama would not express itself. It's because you have those things that it does that, right? And not and by the way, not every time we think something, does it automatically, right? Does that automatically lead to action? How many people here know something to be true but don't do it anyway? That's because there is, in a certain way, the the neshama is disconnected from the nefesh. Okay. Let's say I know the right thing is to go to Davani. Let's say Benzi, let's say you know the right thing is to go to Davani. Right? Do you every day go to Davani? Do you ever miss? Yeah, okay. You ever miss I know you, and you're perfect. Do you ever miss? How do you miss? You know it's true. I also miss. What's the say, We know sometimes things are to be true, right? Because we're human. Disconnect from the nefesh and the Neshama. Sometimes we feel something but we can't bring ourselves to act on it. Like, I really like someone, but I can't tell them. Right? Yeah?
2: Which one of these two love have? Or do they have
0: any of them? Which one of them actually do any particular action? I do angels have. Angels is a big question, Michal. We're not, we're not holding there But just for you, when you do something right now, what you're doing right now, that's nefesh. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Mikol Makkum. Shorish Kolha nefesh Ruachun Neshama Kulam. Merosh kol hamadregos, sof kol dargen, it's a very big thing the Altareb is going to say now. Nevertheless, the root of every single soul, and he takes it a step further, not only every single soul, but every single dimension of every single soul, from the biggest souls that exist, from the Moshe Rabbeinu level souls, until the lowest level souls, Hamiluvash beguf amhearetz vakal shevakalim, from the people that are unlearned, Amei the Kal Shavakalim, and the lightweight Jews. You know what that means? Lightweight Jews means their performance of mitzvot is not yet there. Right? They're Jews, but they're not necessarily keeping Shabbos so strictly. Right? They're Jews, but they're not necessarily following Halacha so strictly. So it doesn't matter whether or not you're Moshe Rabbeinu or the Kal Kalam, Every single dimension of your soul, Ruach, Nefesh, Ruach and Neshama, Nimshach Mimach Eliot ultimately is connected back to the highest point within God. Remember, we said where does the soul come from in God? The soul is not a creation, but rather it comes from the intellect. Yeah? So you say like everything
1: just comes from the same place.
0: So, right. So, even though we could look at two different Jews and you could say that guy is an unbelievable tzaddik and a tamal chacham, and he's doing everything right, and that guy is pushed off the derech, you should know that in their shirish both on the level of Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, they're connected to the same exact spot. Now, that's strange, right? Because if you connect, let's say, something to a... If you connect two light bulbs to electricity, right, you would imagine that they would do the same exact thing. If one of those light bulbs is sputtering and the other one is not, right, so then you have to ask yourself, why? Aren't they both connected to the electricity? Must be something that's going on on the other end of it. But the Alter would say, you shouldn't look at a Jew. See, this is already why you need to know this, because it's huge. You look at a Jew and you say, that Jew is one of the Kal Shabbakalim. He's a lightweight Jew. He's not coming to Minyan. He's not, he's not when he's at Minyan, he's not davening the So you could look at him and say, ah, lightweight Jew, right? Or you could say, he is as connected to God as the biggest saddick in the world. Now, practically, what's going to be the difference?
2: Yeah, you your options.
0: <laughs> in other words, if I know about myself that even in my most low moments, I'm still connected to God, what's going to be the way that I treat myself? with dignity and respect. But if you think that you're not connected to God, then you're going to be ashamed of who you are. I'll give you one better. Let's say you see somebody and he's doing the wrong thing. How do you treat that person? And there's two ways of treating that person. One way of treating that person is, oh, look at that guy. He's a Russia. He's terrible. He's disgusting, right? You would never speak that way about somebody that you knew was connected to the highest points of God. I have a question. Okay. Let's say... I don't know, personally, something that, like, I, I could deal with with my own, I don't know about other people, but let's say, like, I'm conscious that I'm doing an Avera. How many people do that? How many people are conscious that they're doing an Avera and do it anyway? I'll raise my hand high for them. Okay? <laughs> so you're not alone. And, like, I have,
1: like, 100%, like, it's just, it just emotional over intellectual decision-based making, right? Uh, right? So, like, after that Avera, honestly, I... Like I, might, I, I think I can make the argument that I feel worse than someone who doesn't know
0: because ignorance is bliss and I know that I just did such a terrible thing. That's true. I'm conscious of it. Right. So, so like that's kind of... And there's nothing wrong with knowing that you did the Avera and feeling badly about that because charata is really healthy. When you regret something, that's usually what leads you to stop. Right? But there's a very big difference between healthy regret and shame. Shame means, because I did the Avera, I'm unworthy of connection, right? And that's not true, right? So there's regret, which is, that's beneath my godly dignity. And then there's shame, which is, I'm a disgusting person, right? What's going to kill you? The Avera is not going to kill you. The feeling of guilt afterwards is going to kill you. That's what they say. What What kills you if a snake bites you? It's not the bite of the snake that kills you. It's the venom, Right? So the shame that you feel after you do an alveira, that's what's going to kill you. It's not the alveira. The alveira is the bite. The shame is the poison. Benson: Is it a bigger alveira if you, you're conscious and you're doing Sure, sure. Why? It should be like not so bad because you know you're doing it. Like, you know it's wrong.
2: Yeah, it's and then you now. did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, at least that's you, like, called feel amazing. Bad, unless you
0: feel bad about
2: it. If, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Let's right, like, if 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 say you steal from someone. Yeah.
0: Right? And like, you, you know you're stealing from someone, but like, you don't feel bad that's not so good it's not so good. good but if like, you feel really bad you still did it, no, like you I was, it I'm like, glad that you feel you badly and, and feeling badly and feeling regretful and remorseful is a part of doing tshuva but it's still an avera that you did Bemazin as opposed to b'shoke right if you do something on purpose that's not great right because you should know better you do something by accident you made a mistake but if you did something bemaze and you feel bad about it that's the path towards tshuva
1: yeah a couple of things um uh, so, first, so... What you are just saying with it was kind of like, what's his work? It
0: was like a, like a mitzvah, a mitzvah, a mitzvah... Uh, mitzvah, uh, mitzvah, and alvegureras, alvegureras. If you feel badly hard. about... Guys, you all with me? If you feel badly about the alvegureras that you're doing, so then, um... You're probably going to do more. a good depressed
1: person? I have a... Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I yeah. Why is it a depressed person? Do you think make you more depressed? Uh, That's right, five, of course. Um... Uh, Oh, so if we're all connected, like using the, the, the example of the, the lamp that's connected to the to outlet, right? Yeah. So if we're all gonna, if you all have the potential to get the same voltage, and it's all from the same source, and it's all flowing to a lamp, really the lamp is what's not broken, but not at 100% heat capacity, right? Mm-hmm. If we were to make it 100% heat capacity, then why is there still a divide between different types of sources?
0: That's exactly what we're about to discuss. So hold off. Okay, ready, back inside. So, how connected are we? Remember, we just started discussing this last time, but now we're going to get deeper into it. Last time we discussed that every child emanates, his origin emanates from where? From the mind of the father. Okay? Even the tsiparnaim, what are the tziparnayim? Your nails in your feet, meaning your toenails, come from this tipa. Now, it used to be that when the Altar Rebbe said this, we didn't know exactly what he meant. It just a public service announcement. There's no phones in this year. Okay? Um, the, uh, what's it called? So it used to be we didn't know what the Altar Rebbe meant, but then we came out with this thing called DNA. And once we found out about DNA... What the Alter Rebbe said was obvious. It became pashat and obvious. Why? Because in that tiny little bit of DNA that's inside of the, of the seed of the father, everything is contained of the child. Everything is contained. And the mother. Of course. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't mean to exclude the mother. I'm just saying, already in that initial tipa, the entirety of the child is, is, is there. Just like in the seed of an apple, you have an apple tree, right? When you're holding an apple, you're literally holding an orchard, Right.
1: From the Creator comes. Correct.
0: So, from the mind, so to speak, of Hakadosh Baruch, that initial flash of inspiration, it's not just that Hakadosh Baruch conceives of the idea of you, it's much more than that. He conceived of all of the idea of you, meaning even your lowest part, that's most physical, right? Meaning your toenail, it's like a very physical part of you, right? Your, your nails don't have the same sensitivity as the rest of your body. So the most insensitive, low part that's distant is also already in the mind of God when you're being created. So how connected are you? You're connected until every single part of your being is in that initial piece of DNA. Does that make sense? Now, how far does this go? Al What happens? The father inseminates the mother, okay? And now, for nine months in utero, what happens? The child develops, okay? The yard, the madrega. So as there's this development, what we call that? Well, we're going to call that the de-evolution, right? So there's the DNA in its most pristine form. It's just code. But as the code starts to develop, what starts to happen? It starts to go down and down, develop into a person, right? The shtanos lis abos And then what's the... Again, you guys don't necessarily appreciate the magic of this because you haven't had children yet. But when you go, when you have children, so they give you a sonogram. You guys ever seen sonogram pictures? So, what happens in a sonogram picture is. First they show you, and today it's amazing, because they take these 3D pictures of the baby. So it literally looks like claymation. You could see like a 3D picture of the child, which is an amazing thing. And then you could see this child start to develop. So you go for the beginning sonogram, and then two months later you go for another sonogram, and you see the baby's developed fingers, right? The baby's developed eyes. The baby's developed a gender, right? That's the big gender reveal. I just saw a crazy gender reveal. They pumped a watermelon full of um, in this case the baby was a boy so they pumped the watermelon full of blue some sort of blue substance what? and then they went to the zoo where they had this giant hippopotamus and I don't know if you guys know this but you can throw entire watermelons into a hippopotamus's mouth so when the, the hippo has his mouth open and they threw in the watermelon, and it chopped down, and blue went flying everywhere. Isn't a watermelon
2: red, though? So they, they
0: pumped in blue dye into the watermelon. So that this way, I guess if it would have been red, that would have meant it was a girl. In fact, <coughs> you see the father going crazy, like, yeah, I'm having a boy. The hippo, water rebe- the hippo gender reveal. And I saw, it, like, on Twitter or something, somebody said, like, this is the dumbest gender reveal I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm inclined to agree. But I remember... Sorry, I'll tell you the truth. I never wanted to find out with any of my kids what it was. I always told the sonographer, don't tell me. Don't tell me. Where was the first kid? So... What was that? Well, so i bet. So I had five girls before I had my first son. So... When it came... When we, had, when we had... Can I know? Two and a half years ago when my son was born. So my wife found out the gender. And... Like, she, we, we never found out, but she found out the gender and she told me. I was like, why did you tell me? She's like, I thought you'd be so excited. We're finally having a son. You know, if I first don't succeed, you know, eventually you have a boy. But <laughs> uh, so she, uh, she told me. I was so I disappointed. But but why, but why? Because it develops. But you have to understand this is the critical point. It was there the entire time. You that? In the DNA, it was a, the moment the DNA is created, it's already all there. It's just a question of what? It's just a question of how it devolves. And then it becomes apparent to you. You understand what I'm saying? But, so after nine months, you can see, right, when the child is born, oh, that's the DNA, right? So when, the, you, know, when you have kids, you know what you're going to have? You're going to have kids, your parents are going to come to visit the baby, and they're going to say, looks just like him, looks just like her. This one I can't tell, right? Because what are they saying? They're saying, ah, now after nine months of development, we can see because it was already all embedded in. So you guys don't know this about me, but because you can't see because my beard, but I have a cleft chin. I have a giant like like my chin basically looks like it's two chins, right? Because I have a giant like hole in the middle of my chin. So you can't see that because I have a beard. But all six of my children have cleft chins. They have like a like a little oh, dimple. Like a yeah, like yeah, it's a butt chin. That's exactly right. When I was in high school, I used to tell my rabbi, I was like, I have to go, I have to wipe my chin. Like the, uh, obviously that was inappropriate, but that's, that is the joke I used to make. Anyway, so, um, so it's already all there. The im So you should trace it, the altar says, When you look at that toenail, what should you see? You shouldn't just see the toenail. Because what's connected into that toenail is all the DNA from that initial flash of creation. So when you look at that Jew, who's the Kal Shebekali, yeah, and he's so off the derech, he's so not doing the right thing, how would a chassid look at that Jew? <coughs> he is in his DNA, connected to the highest point of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, no different than any other Jew. In the greatest level of, meaning in, when it comes to essence, look at the Lashon of the Altarev, he says, he's Odenek Shura right now, Odenek sure he's still connected, Um Yuchedes, he's one, B'yichud Nifla, with the amazing oneness. Sam? I know this is like a complex question, but why haven't all Judaism adopted this idea that in the, Uh, I I think that uh, what can I tell you I think this is what Judaism says I think that it's very sad that there are people that don't know this because they haven't been taught it, we're doing our best to have this hafatzah of the Baal of the Altar Rebbe to, to spread this message so that every Jew can be treated with dignity and think about it Sammy, right? imagine if, and Baruch Hashem, you had a good chinuch. I'm sure you had a good educational experience in your life. But I'm sure you know people that had less positive educational experiences within the Jewish world, right? And mostly what you hear when you speak to those people is they say things like, um, I had a Rebbe who was terrible, right? And just because I did the wrong thing, he embarrassed me, Barabim, right? It's like, if this Rebbe would be conscious of the fact that that kid is doing the wrong thing. And the kid should be called out for doing the wrong thing. But how would you call that kid out, right? Wouldn't it be yeah. with dignity, with respect, with love and kindness? And sometimes you have to say hard things to people. Sometimes people do things that they deserve to be thrown out of yeshiva, and that's a lesson that they have to learn. But you can throw somebody out and make them feel like a piece of garbage, or you can tell somebody, I really love you. This is no longer the right place for you. Let's help you find the next place. There are ways of doing it with yeah. compassion. We have to work harder to make those things happen. Oh, it's ironic that it's me. Yeah? Uh,
2: I find it very difficult to like, think of Jews the same way. Like, if the Jew doesn't even have like, the best... It's one thing the Jew is like, very far from Judaism, but he cares and he like has the best intentions. But if a Jew has the wrong intentions and like wants to do something... Like
1: does things like without like prioritizing like
0: yeah he does the, the wrong thing how he doesn't mean, keep Shabbos he doesn't keep not culture. even just
1: not keep Shabbos just like he prior prioritizes like himself over yeah for sure well, I mean treat, we all do that how do you think of them the same way as somebody
0: who, why I'm not doing I know that. we I do it also yeah but I need mean somebody more extreme who why but what's the difference really Cause, right because Rafi what you're saying is so important like, and <laughs> we all care we all care about Judaism do we? is we're here. I think when we do the wrong thing, it's often because, not because we don't care on like a general level, because in those moments we didn't have our priorities right, right? So really the difference between me and that person is just a question of degrees, right? There's a, uh, a famous joke, it's a bad joke. Um... Uh, a woman, a very attractive woman, I heard this joke from the Roshivas, a very attractive woman walks into a, a bar. A very wealthy businessman goes over to her and says, you know, like, join me at my table. But I'm being sneas about it. So she, he said something much more extreme than that. So she slaps him across the face. He walks back to his table. 20 minutes later, he comes back and he goes, I'll pay you $100,000 to come to my table. So she says, a million. So he goes, okay, well, now that we've established what you are, let's negotiate, right? Because she's saying a minute ago, she said, I would never come back to the table. But for a million dollars, I'll come back to the table, right? So now we've established your (laughs) azayna. Let's just, uh... (laughs) yeah, so now we're just seeing, are you high priced or not, right? So the guy who's doing the aveira, right? And he's doing the extreme aveira. He's like, you know, he's like, I don't care about God. I'm just worried about my own pleasure. I get it, right? What's really the difference between him and me? You understand what I'm saying? What's critical is that if I, let's say, if I am more in touch with my Judaism, right, then I have an opportunity to share that with him. But he's never going to want to hear that from me as long as I'm looking at him and saying, you are so far gone. We don't want to speak to people like that. Think about the Rebbein in your life, the ones that were really impactful. You know why they were really impactful? Because they believed... Like fundamentally, he's still good. And by the way, we all love that. Those are the rebbeim we really want to be connected to. We don't want to be connected to a rebbe that's never going to give us Musr either, because that rebbe doesn't really believe in us either. He's just there to make us feel good. But the rebbe that will give you Musr, but in such a loving way, because he says you're so much bigger than this. Those are the rebbeim that we really love. No, those are the rebbeim we want to be connected to. Yeah.
1: Sure. But I think. I think one of the reasons why people who are not from like a very Hasidic bent and like who don't grow up with this attitude might have like a, a view that like Raffi is a trouble one is that like that it, it makes you feel better about your own Judaism when you can look at somebody and say like not not in, that, not in such a derogatory way but like you look at somebody and say oh they're screwing up look how good that makes me at my own Judaism when in reality if you have the Hasidic views, much harder to good about your Judaism because you always know there's so
0: much more room to improve. There's a there's a famous story in Chabad and I, I, I think I'm getting the names right but it's very possible that I'm getting the names wrong. But I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, one of the Rebbes was very small. He was very short of stature. I think it was the Tzemach Tzedek And his younger brother was taller than oh, him. and he pushed his younger brother down and he was like standing on top of him and he said why are you doing that and he goes cuz i want to feel tall it's not right that he's taller than he's taller than me and he's younger so the response was if you need to push someone else down to make yourself tall you're not really tall and i think a lot of people do that right we have What was that he might be higher but he's not truly tall right there's no great there's no great shapes to putting down another Jew to make yourself feel better. And in Hasidus, we would never want to put down another Jew because that would be putting down HaKadosh Baruch himself because every single Jew is intrinsically connected to HaKadosh Baruch to the highest point, Nefesh Rav and By the way, I always say this, it's very important. Most people think that the Lubavitchi Rebbe, the last Rebbe, did something radical. I, Whenever I learned Tanya, what I see the Rebbe did, it was maybe it hadn't come to the world yet. But it was here in Tanya. It just hadn't made that last shift. Okay, weiter. The Gama And even more than that, the Altar Rebbe says, even now the child is born. In nikas Hatsiparnayim, the growth of the fingernails, the Chayusam in their life, Nimshechas Meamoak it comes from. The moach, it comes from the mind, meaning our capacity to grow. It comes from the mind. So we're always connected. We're never disconnected from God. And all the growth, even though you might look like now you were born, now you're separate. Everyone stay in. I know it's long days. Yeah. Um, it might feel like you're separate, but your growth is still because you're intrinsically connected to God. I mean, if you have tall parents, you'll be tall. Right. Kid sube Gemara, as Gemara Nida says... So the Altar Rebbe says here that in the Pneemius there's a connection between the Tsipranayim, between the fingernails, and between the Moach. Why? In the fingernails, the Tsipranayim, in the Pneemius, in, in the inner essence, in the inner understanding, there's a connection between the fingernails and the Moach. What's because, the malch is the mind Because oh the levush of Ademarishon Guys notice this, that Ademarishon Before he, was, before he did his Avera no clue. He was made of what? Anybody know? His body was made of fingernails His entire body was made of fingernails The Gemara says That's what it says Pir- So you're used to you're, We're going to explain what it means okay. in a second But you're used to seeing a person and seeing skin And fingernails other marishon his skin was fingernails okay so was meaning what was that so quite, correct like, and, and sure that was ready? and that was his levush meaning other marishon had no need for clothing right because you need clothing because your skin is sensitive he had no need for that because his levush his clothing was one with his fingernails and that's what it means that they were both uh, they were both naked right what does it mean? They were both naked. They were naked in the sense that their, their, their clothing was their skin.
1: So yeah, they had like a shell.
0: Correct. They had a shell. That's exactly right. And what in was it, what was that? What was under that? Skin, yeah. I guess. Whatever, whatever they are. What's whatever, I mean, all you know, the stuff. I mean,
1: right. every time it's this literally, is almost. So, so, you know, so, the,
0: so, so it's it's in, so like, so, yeah, in yeah, eight, so in it's it's eight, eight, so in so in what it means is, it's um, there's a specific koach, a specific power. That's called Tvuna, okay, which is, you guys, we're gonna learn about this, Chachma, Bina, and Das, but we know that specifically the fingernails come from this part of Bina. So what the Alter Rebbe is saying is it was specifically taking, right, the Tsippornaim, because the Tsippornaim are already connected in Pnimius Atorah, is already connected to the mouth, is already connected to the mind. Okay, so just to sum up everything we've done so far, so we can move on. What's that yeah. saying about
1: he was, he, was, he was at a stage where every single part of his body was connected to the mind? Correct. And we're at it. So I thought I he thought said the fingernails was the most physical yeah. part of the population.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's, that's that. what I'm saying. He's saying his whole that physicality... Even though his... Even right. the most physical part of him was so whole that It was, was all, all connected to Akadosh Barakos being. So now, let's review. Okay? Make sure we got on the same page so we can go right. There. Number one. Every single part of your body comes from the tipa, from that initial... Flash of inspiration, an initial drop that comes from where? From the Moachhaav. Okay? And as it goes into the world, it's yoraid, meaning it devolves into the person himself. Okay? And now, even in the lowest parts of a person, right, there's still a connection to what's going on. It all comes from the Moachhaav. And even after birth, even a- it's still the entire life force comes from that initial flash of inspiration. So there's always a connection between The father and the child. Meaning, you're born, right? You're a tiny little baby. But you're still growing. Where does that capacity for growth come from? It's that initial DNA, right? That initial DNA that is you, right? Not only does it devolve into your personhood after you're born after nine months, but then it continues to evolve, right? As you grow taller and as your body extends and your body grows and all those things, you're always connected to that initial point of life that comes from the moach of the father. So you're never
1: disconnected.
0: Make sense? Okay. What was that? Correct. 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 Okay. Now let's bring it home. Okay, I'm going to have to introduce you in order to, I'm not even going to translate yet. Let me give you a couple of points of introduction, things that probably you don't know. And from these points of introduction, you're going to learn a couple of things. Okay, first of all, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, there is what we call a Seder Hishtoshlis. How many people have heard of Seder Hishtoshlis before? Okay, Seder Hishtoshlis means a chain reaction. we have a marker in here? I'm scared. I was like, I don't need it. Just say as follows: the butterfly effect, or whatever it's called. What was that? Similar to like the butterfly effect. I don't know. The world. When Hashem Baruch created the world, He actually didn't create one world. He created four. Our world is the lowest level of a chain reaction of what we call four worlds. This is called the sheder hishtalshes, a shalshes is a chain, okay? So I want you to think of a chain, four links in the chain, one, two, three, four. Now, what's important is each chain is linked, the bottom of one chain is linked to the top of the next, okay? So we say there was a chain reaction, like in science, Right? There was one explosion, which then created another explosion, which then created another explosion, and then a final explosion. So there were four explosions in the Seder Ishtashlis. Each one is a reality. We're going to learn about what all four of these realities are. We're going to do that right now. And each reality gives birth to the next reality. So each one is connected. Okay, Chebra, let's lock in because you need to know this for the rest of the year. With me? Yeah? Good, Okay. Not only that, I'll get you one second, Sammy. Not only that, but not only are these four realities, but actually every single one of us connects to these four realities every single time we die. I'm going to explain what that means as well. Sammy, before I start, you want to ask? Yeah, I was going to ask, where does the initial like, reactions come from? Like, the first... Okay, so the first thing is God. He is what creates all of reality. He is not part of these four t- Reactions because he is the primal cause, so he's before all of that. Okay, I'm gonna use four words now. Right, so glad, and then the correct. Okay, I'm gonna use four words. If you don't understand what these four words mean when I say them at first, that's okay, just get them down so that when we speak about them, it'll start to make sense. Transcendence is the first world, okay, then there's thought, emotion, and action. Okay? Transcendence, thought, emotion, and action. Now, in these four worlds, the world of transcendence is called atziwus. Okay, Atsilus comes from the Lushan of Eitzel, which means next to. It, right? When you say something is Eitzel, something else, it's next to something else. So God is the primal cause. Why would you call the, why would you call the first reaction Atzilus? It's right next to God. Also, another word that, that is eight-cell oriented is atzile, Are princes. Or, I'm sorry, atzile, our noblemen. okay? So how do you become noble? How did it used to be that you became noble? So if your father was the king and you were the prince, and you were growing up, you had friends, right? Then when the prince becomes king, what does he do to his friends? Appoint his boys. He appoints his boys as noblemen. <laughs> so your proximity... To the prince is what makes you noble. So, what's the great thing about transcendence? Where does it get its greatness from? It's right next to God. So, what makes Atsilos noble is its proximity to God. Make sense? So far, so good? Are you what was Where's that? Where does, does nobility like, come from? Where does, where does nobility come from? God has a certain kavod, right? And that kavod can be seen, right? Like, why is a person noble? He's noble because of his relationship to the king. Right? So that's what this is, right? There's, there's something called transcendence. Again, I'm not giving you exactly what it means yet because you're going to see when we talk about it in Davening, it's going to make more sense. Yeah, I'm just telling you that the nobility of transcendence comes from its proximity to God. We're going to see. What's the meaning of transcendence? That's what I'm saying. I haven't told you what it means yet on just purpose. Because like, well, I, I need Because you're going to see. Once you understand the build-up, then you'll see why I'm doing. It. Does not transcend to go above? Or to Correct. You're going to see. You're going to see what all these things mean. Just transcendence. Okay. Then there's something called thoughts. Okay. In the human condition, all of us think. Now, is thinking physical? Yeah,
1: no. It Depends on a thought. No, no it's, it's not, not your brain. Not tangible. Thing. thing. Okay. No, it's not. So.
0: Every one of us here knows that I can't touch my thought, right? But I can measure a brainwave, right? So it's not physical, but it's not not physical either. It's not right? Right, okay? But, so, so one second. So now, let's just stay with me. So thoughts are the least physical, physical thing. So far so good? That's called bria, okay? What about a is that no, the next world? Wait, is that's it? already physical. The next world is the one of the... Ba, 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 ba. Forget, don't worry about next world, this world. Right now I'm talking about four worlds that exist right now. This moment, there are four worlds. No, know, like the next of the four. Yeah, meaning it's transcendence, that's atzilus. Then level two, one level down from that is called bria. Okay? And that's the world of thoughts. The reason we can think... The reason why every one of us can think is because God, when He created the world, He created a world called thought. Okay. Then there's level down, emotion. One second, though. I'll get to you in a second. Emotion, Rebbe like, physical or not physical? Physical. Well, it's more no. physical than your brain waves, right? Because right. you can feel inside of yourself it happening, but can you really you measure it? Can't, can't touch it, not really, right? I can, can physically it, experience it. Really I can see the impact the of it right? But it's not yet physical, like my hand is physical, right? It's somewhere in between action, it's right? It's physical, but it's not like the table. So, there's a world called emotion. That world is called Yitzira, which literally means to form, okay? And then finally, last one is the world of action, and that's the world we live in. In our world, you guys are going to need to know all four of these levels. Make sure you have them down. In our world, everything we do has a consequence, and the consequence is commensurate with the action. So, for example, let's say we're playing baseball. Yeah, anyone here play baseball? Okay, let's say we're playing water polo because I heard that Bensi won water polo for reversal. Herschel He was
1: bragging to me.
0: Yeah, but reversal said it was all you Bensi. So, uh, so tomorrow, you guys can talk. Because it wasn't fair. So we all went to meet at the bar. That's right. And the main thing is that I get to eat at the barbecue because I'm the mana. So let's say in baseball, right? So how I hit the pitch, right? Exactly where it hits on the bat, exactly where it hits on the ball, will determine exactly how far it goes. Because in this world, it's action-oriented, right? What have you done for me lately, right? Don't tell me all the things you think about me, and don't tell me all the things you feel about me. I want to know what have you done for me lately. So you come to your boss and you go... I really love you. I'll say, that's nice, but you didn't make the sale. But I was thinking about making the sale. I don't care. You are fired because you didn't make the sale. Okay? So we got four worlds. Okay? I, we're not even, we're, we're only right now in the introduction still. I'm going to pause for questions in one second. What are the four worlds? World number one is transcendence. That's Atseus, next to God. World number two is bria. That's the world of thought. We're going to discuss. Very good. So, yeah. World number three is called Yitzhak, that's the world of emotion. Right? We feel because of that world. And world number four is the world we live in, that's the world of action. Okay, is I'm going to pause world? for questions, comments, or anything. Asiya. I don't really know how to word this stuff. Why is it mean, that action kind of is the proscript of Hashem? If like, the limit to do mitzvahs and everything is by actions, mitzvah. or the opposite, or we're going to see. That it's because it's the farthest away from God that that's specifically where we have mitzvot because that's what's going to connect it back to God. Not the whole concept
1: of bring bringing something back to
0: Mikey, you have a question. No, 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 no. no more questions. Uh, Tuvy. The world of action. Again. The world of action is just very simple. Everything we do has an equal and opposite reaction to the thing that happens. Right. So if there's an action, the consequence is going to be commensurate mm-hmm. with that action. Yeah. It's your if it's if it's, it's not about the four rules. Okay, then hold off because I, I want to. I know, but yeah, I, let me just let me just hold off because I want to make sure I get to, to all these things. Okay, so far so good. Is everyone clear? Is anybody missing any information? Okay, now let's take it the next the next step. Pass action. What was that? Pass action. No, going back now. I'm going to explain each one of these levels on a deeper level. Okay. When God created the world, there was a spiritual evolution, okay? So, if anybody asks you, does Judaism believe in evolution, you should say, of course, a spiritual evolution, okay? So, what does a spiritual evolution look like? So, the first thing before physical creation is atzius, okay? So, we're not even in the world of creation now. We are in what's called the world of nothingness, which is almost impossible for the human mind to conceive of, okay? So, you know how we say God created the world from nothing? You guys hear that before? Ex nihilo, God created something from nothing? So, in Hasidus, what that means is, the first thing that God created was nothing, and then He created something out of the nothing. Before, nothing, before nothing, the, the nothing. before the nothing we can't possibly even say, right? Because and what, what is nothing? Exactly. So right. this like when you think of nothing, you just think of no. like darkness. Right. But that's not really yeah. nothing. Yeah. That's really something. So when we speak about at so what we really mean is you're stepping before creation. You understand? Yeah. So it's it's not even creation yet. It's not even the beginning of creation. It's just iron, it's nothingness, okay? So when we speak about transcendence, Aaron said before, when you speak about transcendence, that's transcend means to leave the boundaries, to go above the boundaries. So if a person, let's say, lives in Asiya, and then he goes into Yitzira, and then he goes into Bria, when does he transcend? When does he leave the boundaries of creation? That occurs in Atsilus. Now, you before you were pushing the envelope and you were saying, what is the nobility of Atsilas? Are you starting to understand the nobility of Atsilas now? You've, there's something undignified about creation. Right? The, what was that? Uh-huh. So that's, that's because it withers. Because it's, it's, um, it's not lasting. It gets, it gets old, it gets stale, it dies. Right? So there's once you enter into the world of creation, you enter into the world of death, which is why death is so painful. So we have to go, right, to transcend, in the words of Shakespeare, our mortal coil. When we leave creation, there's nobility in the transcendence. What? When I lose you, Roy? So... Lost. right? So you lost.
1: Alright, let's do it again. No, I'm just lost on like, he created nothing. He created nothing, then something, how do create
0: nothing? Let me think of a good way to explain this. Also, what does whole about like separating it? But... I better answer his question. He's asking a fair question. I have to do a good job with Samsung. Think about it like this. It's not going to be an exact muscle, but it'll be close. Do you ever plant anything, like in the ground? When you plant... So what do you do? Take the seed, put it in the soil, put the soil on top. Right. But before you did any of that, you dug. That was the very first thing you did. Right? And then you had a space where there was nothing. And then what'd you do? You dropped the seed in that space. Then you put all the somethingness back. Right? But within the nothingness is where the seed went. Right? Okay. So... If God wants to create... Enough, yeah. I, know, I, know, I know, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's very hard to conceive of this because usually we're used to thinking of nothing within the context of something. Right? But the beginning of something is nothing. Now, I'll tell you why it's very hard to understand. I'm going to say words that you're absolutely not going to understand. That's okay. There's nothing about nothingness that implies somethingness. <laughs> Every time I say that, nobody understands what I mean. Yeah. There's nothing about nothingness that implies somethingness. Meaning that we have a world concept about nothing really means. Meaning, let's say you know, let's take this from the table, right? If I looked at a piece of wood, you could say that the wood, right? The table is already implied in the wood. All you have to do is what? Reveal it right so let's say for example the great sculptors throughout history what did they describe themselves as doing they said i wasn't so much shaving down the stone as revealing the statue that was already inside of it you guys ever hear that before right so michelangelo when he described the making of the david he said it was like the david was in the stone he just had to uncover it right so in the, so when, when a sculptor looks at a piece of stone what does he see he sees because it's already there, right? When you look at something, you can imply something else, right? But when you look at nothing, can you see something in nothing? No. Right. There's nothing, There's nothing about nothingness that implies somethingness. So you create the stone that you can carve out. So right. So correct. So when God creates the world, and this is the this is, people always talk about the creation of the world. The creation of what's the greatness of the creation of the world? The greatness of the creation of the world is that first thing that God did is He creates iron, nothingness. And when you look at nothingness, you don't think to yourself, I can see something being made from that. There's nothing in this, no, There's nothing in the nothingness that would imply somethingness.
1: So then... And
0: then from the nothingness, he creates something. And the reason why we say that God is constantly recreating the world is because there's nothing in the nothingness that should create somethingness. And so God is constantly fueling creation. Okay, let's hit pause for a second so I can get some questions, make sure we all understand this. Sam? Two questions. Yeah. Uh, one, how can God exist how can God exist in nothing? Yeah, that God is I don't believe God exists. Remember? Yeah, you think God is so I didn't say that God is existence. That would be a little uh, fear. What I said was that existence exists within Him. But he is beyond existence. He doesn't take up any space. There's nothing that's really existential. Really so, doesn't that imply something? Yeah. Doesn't it? Doesn't that mean that God is infinite? What, what implies something? That even if you're infinite, or you're yeah, <laughs> you're gonna get stuck. Even if you're infinite, yeah. if you, even if you're infinite, it's still some. No, it's not. That's the point. You're so used to saying infinite means really, really big. Yeah. It's not. It's that was the very first year of questions and answers. Yeah. Because everyone may and, and I don't think people appreciate that, like, yeah. <laughs> infinite means it does not take up space and it cannot be measured. It does not take it's it's not with, it's not the most amount of time or the most amount of space. Space and time exist within infinite. It's a huge piece. Once you get that everything clicks into place. So they're saying Hashem is not Yeah. That's why in Kabbalah we call Kadosh Baruch Hu, we say he's he Hashem is everything. everything. No, everything exists within Him. And therefore, there's a spark of Him within everything. But He is not everything. He's much bigger than everything. Yeah, okay. Infinitely bigger than everything. So today, in, is today. it infinite? Uh, it's not nothing. it's everything? No, it's bigger than everything. Everything is what He created. Right. Oh, Everything is
1: inside Hashem, and everything is inside Hashem. You said something, something is, can't exist. Wait, well, there's, there's nothing about
0: nothingness it. that implies somethingness. If if
1: the nothingness is within Hashem, everything is within God. Yeah. Okay, so I'm saying if the nothingness is within Hashem, then therefore it's not nothing. There's a there's a spark in Hashem already in that nothingness. But, the, but that's why are saying, saying The creation is so special? You're saying that He made something Into the nothingness.
0: That's not true. He already was in the nothingness. He is in the nothingness. No, He's we, He's even before the nothingness. That's the that's the incredible part about it. You can't even say that God is in natzilus. He's not limited there to at No well,
1: I understand that. So I'm saying he's not limited, he also is
0: in everything. Of course. Which is that's because everything is within him. No, so, so when, but you can't so, say you can't say God is in the eye and He's in the darkness. Wow. Because even that would be limiting no, he's he's him. He's within everyone
1: else. He's everything. What does that mean? He's both.
0: Everything but he's cool. both. He is an infinite he's, amount of. He's bigger. He's bigger than the nothingness.
1: Even if yes, say he's bigger than yes, nothingness. Let's say nothingness, like, nothingness is a ball this big. Which is, uh, and Hashem is a ball that's infinitely big. That's right. the okay. point. Okay, but so that means that that ball is located within Hashem's. Line. For sure, but so that's that the means point. that the nothingness has something right within it. When, again only So why are we saying that Taj Bekhad is Hashem put something into nothingness? He was already into nothingness and he was outside of nothingness. He was everything that... Exactly, not the That's
0: exactly creation.
1: So why is so much you're saying that why is it you just said that it's sort of created that Hashem put something into nothingness? So why Because there's there? because
0: generally when we look yeah. at the tree we can see the table. So what the what the, what the, the
1: artisan, so that's the point of
0: I'm saying so. that when you look at the artisan of the table, you can understand how point A got to point B. We can't conceive of that.
1: I'm, I'm confused with
0: the I can't the see universe. and as, for example, when when I make a table, my relationship with the table is over because all I was ever doing was refashioning something into something else. Creation is not just refashioning something into something else. Continuously. It has to be. I, have to, I, as the artisan, in this case God, has to constantly fuel creation because there's nothing about the, uh, the nothingness that, that implies the substance. Sure. That's exactly right. You know, <laughs> Sam? What came before nothing? <laughs> nothing. No- nothing that I could possibly explain. But then explain. how does nothing... This how is nothing different? You, you, know, you, know, you know the flaw in your question? What? The flaw in your question is because you took time, Right? And then okay. you said, what came before time? There's I can't describe before. So yeah. then what differentiates that point in time? That's what I'm saying. But, kind of you see, you're time. saying, like, you, just, well, you, you just did it. You yeah. fell into the trap, right? How did God exist before time? No, time so exists, within exists within too. Him. He was not matter time. That, that's an action. That means that
1: there was a certain point where
0: the action took place. Relative to you, the person that lives within the time that He created. What does, what does nothing mean? Meaning maybe, maybe like time has always existed no. and it never exists. Hashem doesn't matter. Darkness. Yeah. So what does that
1: mean he created nothing and there was nothing there
0: before? No. Yeah. Your experience of nothing mm-hmm. is only within the context of something. You don't have a true so you experience. You're in like a dark room. I'm going to explain. But basically, my guess, is what I want you to understand. When you think of nothing, people keep saying darkness. Yeah, I that's wrong. I understand what you're saying. I'm yeah. saying if
1: he created nothing, then the, like, there was nothing
0: that... He didn't, he didn't do anything. No, that's the point. He created nothing. How could
1: you create nothing? <laughs> nothing. I mean, I, nothing was a new concept before he created it. What does that mean? Like if if I wanna say if nothing existed, then that means if nothing existed, that means nothing nothing existed. Meaning that if nothing existed in the sense that it's really hard to... That no really hard to explain.
0: Remember, we don't know what... Remember I told you guys I yes. want to work backwards for a particular reason? This was the reason. If you give me a chance, I promise you it will all be clear there. at the end. There's a reason really to no no
1: thing that, there's, just that no thing existed and that something called nothing was a thing that he created.
0: Yeah, but it's even, we're going to see. It's even going to be more than that. Um, okay. Whew. How are we doing so far? So level number one is called Ion. At Silas. Mike is shaking his head, he's already off the derech. I said he's a cry from my call. I sent him off the derech. he's done with Chasilas. <laughs> that's what works the for you, man. Is this, you know, what trans- the, um, is this why transcendence is the highest level? Because you're going closer and closer transcendence to Transcendence means I've left the world of the physical and I've entered into the realm of nothingness. It sounds more esoteric than No, oh. oh. <laughs> 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 the world of the physical, before the physical was the transcendence. That's exactly right. So so start start, so I'm so leaving so the world of the thing, world, it, world it, transcending it's just, into the world of nothing. Just,
1: yeah, the world so you're, of nothing. Kind of, you're kind of you're reversing Adam's mistake.
0: Yep. It was, uh, we'll see. We'll, was we'll see. Okay. How we doing? Adam's, Adam's was mistake was in the world of action, and it was uh, in the maybe. world of Ria and in Yitzira and in the world of action. By
1: making it how are we doing?
0: Chillin. Chillin. Good. I got. I
1: think
0: I. Okay, I don't want Mikey to go off the dark, so let's keep going. Yeah. Did we read this paragraph? Yet? Not yet. Relax. One second. I <laughs> know. How long was that? Okay, guys, ready? Okay. And I will tell you what. What time is it? Five thirty now. Okay. Once we finish this, we're done for the day. Okay. Once we finish this, we're done for the day. Let's see if we can pull through. You with me? Okay. I got some renewed energy. Oh, look. So The stopped. end is in sight. Okay. Hey, Guillermo's right here. What is this? As yeah. I said, assuming we know what this is, we're done with Okay. Mama didn't raise no food. Now, <laughs> Just all the so kids see if the kids you can follow the chain reaction. Level number one is Atsilas, that's the world of ion. Level number two is Bria. Why is it called Bria? Because Bria, Bria. This is the beginning is of one? creation, the beginning of the physical. Remember, I told you guys before? Thought is the least physical thing, but it's still within the world of physical. So, that's identified with the beginning of creation. Now, when there was creation, the first thing that came in was matter, not matter with All form. That when, when you say God created the uh, nefesh Elokim, is that God created it through thought? Right, but I'm saying, but so He created it in the second world. Well, not exactly, because that's what we mean. We say God's <laughs> thoughts. He made now it. We're speaking shangles. about our thoughts. We're speaking about our world, not God. <laughs> when we say that the nefesh Elokim, so but we coming. were created, then, right? Part of us was created, part of us not. Roy, hold on one second, it'll become clear. That's why I really feel like I needed a board for this. Okay, whatever. Save I get it. You a guys will... if you want. Yeah, you'll you you'll imagine. It's okay. You have a marker in your room or something? No, I don't know a Yeah, do me a favor, go grab a marker, I'll put it on the board. It might be yeah. Oh yeah, you want to check in the closet? I'm going to keep explaining until you come back, but I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up. Okay. So, Bria is the beginning of creation. Okay? So, at that point, though... Wait, it, wait creation of something or not Something. Something has now come from nothing. So, we went from Atsilus into Bria. So, just think of it as, like, primordial matter. It exists, but it doesn't yet look like our world. Why? Because in order for it to look like our world, that matter is going to need to go through a process. Just like the table didn't once look like a table, it once looked like a tree, and a process took it from one point to the next, so too when it came to this matter in Berea, it's going to have to devolve in order to become the actual world. Yeah? Should we be thinking of this in terms of creation? Yes, this is creation. This is literally how creation occurred. No, not yet. Not yet. Don't take this yet into the seven days of creation. That's coming up soon, but we're not up to there yet. Okay? Right now, just four levels. Okay? So, the highest level is transcendence. The second level is the beginning of creation. It comes from the nothing, but it's already the beginning of creation, but the, for, the matter does not yet have form. Okay? Then we go to Yetzira. What does the word Yotzer mean? No, that's what Bria means. Bria means to create. What is the Yozer? To fashion or to form. So what do we In Three. We form. Now watch this. Let's see if you can follow this.
1: Oh, we think of something. And it's then, like when you write an essay. Yeah. It goes for nothing. And then you... Very good. You, you think about it and then you put it into those little bullet points and then you write it.
0: Yes. Exactly right. And those bullet points are what we call emotions. And I'll show you how it works. Let me. Stand on this one. What was that? In Yitzira, Yitzira is where you go from your intellect to your emotion, and then into the world of action. Guys, what is emotion? What what, what what is emotion? What does the word emotion mean? No. E-motion means energy in motion, right? If you think about something and then you feel about that thing, that's when you perform. So when people say Rebbe, I don't feel anything about davening. That's why I don't come. What are they really saying? It's a very profound no, thing. They don't, don't even want realize. To don't want to they're saying, I think it's the right thing, right? I know, I, I know, I should be coming to davening, but I don't feel anything about davening. So I don't have the energy that actually takes me to daven. So when the Rebbe are giving shiurim and they're saying like, and they're saying like. Um, yeah, you know, you got to show up to Dov. Uh, great, but I can think a lot about it, but if I don't feel about it, so it's not going to work. Okay, so let's let's get all let's get all this down on the board right now, so you'll see it, you'll see it more clearly. Sam, you can sit. Don't worry about it. Okay, I don't know to do that. Not that tall. Atsilos. What do we say Atsilos means? Atsilos. Okay. This is level number one. Okay. Means to transcend. Okay. Atsilos means to transcend. And what do we call this, guys? This was the world of Ayan. Ayan means? Nothing. It's not before creation, right? Creation of nothing. Correct. you the board for tomorrow? Sure? I can't, only because of my savage gift shear, but I'll rewrite it again tomorrow. The second is Bria. What did we say about Bria, guys? This is the world of physical. thought, correct? The least physical of all the worlds. It is the beginning of the physical creation, okay? So this is called Yesh, okay. Level number three is called Yitzira. Yitzira is the world of emotion. Yesh. It means to form. Okay. So it is called Yesh, May Yesh. Something from something. The last one is Yesh. Yesh Yesh. One second, guys. Think about it like this. These are the pipes. Yitzira is the pipes. If I've got water. Okay? If I've got water at point A, and I want to get water to point B, so what do I need to build? I need to build a pipe for the water to go through. What happens if I don't have good pipes? Some of the water may get here, but some of the water may go in a lot of different places. Okay, So yetsira is the formation of these pipes to make sure that the Bria will end up at level number four. Okay? Is it just an axon or the- well, it, it, it's a world in the sense that it's the, it's the channel, right? It's the, the pipes in your house are important. If you don't have the pipes in your house, everything is going to go all over the place. It's the connection. Correct. And that's what emotion does. Emotion connects our thoughts to our action. And that's the final world, which is the world of asia which is the world of action. And that is the world that we live in, okay? Now... This is the cool part. If you followed everything we set up and told this is just the it's the finality. This is where the yesh becomes actualized. Okay, this is where it becomes real, right? This is this is the real. This is everything you can touch and experience in this world. Okay, now. Let's pretend for a second that we didn't grow up as Orthodox Jews, because that often gets in the way of our things, right? If I was describing to you a religion, okay, I would want a religion that would speak to me on all the levels, right? I would want a religion that said, let's talk about what's actionable, what's emotional. I would want a religion to talk about how we think. I would want it to be intellectual, but I would also want it to include transcendence. Mm
1: Yeah, wow. so why you we ah, We'll see in a second.
0: There is a. I promised you before, I promised Betsy that I would answer what transcendence Buddha's looks like Buddha's in action. The other, the we have it much better than they have um, So it goes as follows. I won't ask you personally, but just think to yourself, yeah? When a guy falls in love with a girl, let's think about how many dimensions it exists on, okay? Number one, it exists in the world of action, right? Because if you say, I love you, but I don't do anything for you, right? Well, that's not really much of a relationship, right? What if a guy says, okay, I do a tremendous amount for you, but I don't really feel anything for you, right? Okay? That's also something wrong with that, right? What if a guy says, okay, I do a tremendous amount for you, and I feel very deeply towards you, but I know nothing about you. There's no intellect in our relationship. Something very off about that relationship. So you've got to have two, three, and four. One so is. Ah, okay. And now I'll prove to Mikey, just so that he doesn't go too crazy, that one is the beginning of every relationship. Because if you've ever liked a girl before, tell me why you like her.
1: Uh, so I'm
2: no, you no, do. Because you like it for her. Because yeah, you're selfish.
0: That's terrible. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's the root of all that's immature relationships. Hey, that's the immature, immature the relationships. relationships right? Let's true. talk about healthy adult I like relationships. I you like it like right. for and her enough, enough for what that you, you chose enough for. On both sides. Listen what no, it sounds I like. Listen what it sounds like when you describe it on any one of if you leave say two three or four. It sounds terrible, okay? I love my wife because of what she does for me. Yeah, that, that's selfish. That's terrible, yeah, okay? I love my wife because of the way that I feel about her. That's also selfish. It's still selfish, right? I love my wife because she, the, the things she believes in and the things I believe in sync together. It's so, intellectual. That's not what mean, though. Okay, what does it mean? It's just how you're... Like, your thoughts are what you're thinking in your head. Right. It's just, okay, good. But, the same. but is it possible... One sense. second, one second, one second, one second. Is it possible that when you love someone and you actually feel deeply about them, you don't even know why you love them? In yeah. fact, right? In fact, it would be impossible for you to say why you love them. And Here's the biggest proof. The biggest proof is what you love about her Nobody else loves about her. So I'll give you an example of what this looks like. And this is a terrible story that I'm about to tell, and I'm gonna say it knowing that it's on tape. So when I was in yeshiva many, many years ago, so I was a guy who was already married, a young Kylo guy, and a lot of guys in Yeshiva would come to talk to me about dating. So, yeah, guys sh struggles in dating, you know, where should I go? And do I like this girl? Should I marry this girl? Shouldn't I marry this girl? So I was like I was like an address for those things. So one guy who constantly spoke to me about his dating life came in one day, big smile on his face. He says, "I met the girl I'm going to marry. We had our first date last night. That's it. This is the one." I said, "Really?" Goes, "Best date ever." Now, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this tape, but just in case, I'm going to change a little bit of the details. So I said. What was so special about the date? He goes, oh, we got, a, we got pulled over by a cop. And this is like a little bit of the truth. We got pulled over by the cop, and she told the cop off. And I loved that. Like, she was like, she stood up to the cops. I was like, okay, marrying like a thug, but okay. You know, like, uh, it's fine. Whatever works for you. So I started asking him the regular questions that my rebbe taught me to ask. I said, do you have the same value system? He goes, it was amazing. Like, everything we were discussing, we wanted the same things. I said, great. Said and um, I said and like personality wise, you feel like you got along with her. He goes, the conversation was so flowing; it was amazing. It was like it was just perfect. I said, and you're attracted to her, like physically, she's beautiful. He looks at me and he goes, she's drop dead gorgeous. I said, amazing. That's that's amazing. Call like, a to you. I said, who set you up? So he pointed to a Rebbe in the yeshiva who was known to make shaduchin. He said, this Rebbe set me up. I said, wow, that's amazing, this Rebbe, he's just got a golden, he's got a Midas touch. He like, he somehow, he sets guys up and it like works. So later on that day, I saw the Rebbe and I said, I heard you got another shidduch, I heard that it, like the first date was amazing. He goes, yeah, it was like, she called me up, she had the best time ever and he had the best time ever, like after her first date, it was like fireworks. So I said, Rebbe, he told me, ashkafikli they were on the same page. He goes, yeah, ashkafikli they're on the same page. I said, Rebbe, he told me that, like, just personality-wise, it flowed. He goes, yeah, it really flowed. I said, Rebbe, he told me she's drop-dead gorgeous. I'll never forget. He grabbed my hand, like this. He grabbed my hand, and he pulled me out of the base mattress. And he pulled me into a side office, and he said to me, I used to go by Matt, that was my name growing up, I didn't change to Mordecai until I, became, you know, moved to Eretz He said, Matt, this is the ugliest girl I've ever seen in my entire life. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, this girl is so ugly, I was afraid to set him up with her, because I thought he would never speak to me again. I said, you've got to be joking. He's like, Rebbe said she was drop-dead gorgeous. He goes, I don't know what to tell you. It's a miracle. He goes, this is the ugliest girl I've ever met. And I'm like, okay. And now they're dating, and it's like it's going really, really well. And nobody is more excited for them to get engaged than me. Not even the two of them, because I wanted to go to the varts. I wanted to go to the Lachaim to see which one is she. Is she drop dead gorgeous or is she the ugliest girl? So he he tells me one day, he goes, "I'm getting engaged this afternoon. There's a Lachaim tonight. Will you please come out to the Lachaim?" Now I'll tell you the truth. Not really have time to be schlepping out to l'chaims, you know, especially when you're in that stage of life, you have l'chaims and varts and weddings, you're never going to get any learning done. But this one I had to go to, because <laughs> even though it was like far away, it was like 45 minutes from where I live, i like, I gotta go. And I got there early. <laughs> I was like so eager to see that I was like, I want to be there when they walk in the door. I can't like come late and see. I got a like first chance. I get there and he walks in the door with her. And I was like, okay. She's not the ugliest girl I've ever seen in my entire life. And she's not drop-dead gorgeous. But to him, she was drop-dead gorgeous. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Now, why is that? Can you put... Is there logic to that? The relationship transcends logic. That's where every relationship begins. In fact, that's why when you start to talk about the reasons why you love someone, it feels almost pathetic. Like, she's a great mom. Okay, well, what happens if she has a bad day? You divorce her? She's a great cook. My grandmother forgot how to cook. You know that? She forgot it. By the time I came around, she was making hamburgers and toaster ovens. It was nasty. Yeah? I used to go to her house and eat Stella Doro Swiss Fudge cookies by the package because there was nothing else to eat. If it came in a package, I could eat it. If my grandmother made it, I knew it was going to be horrendous. My dad swears that when she was younger, she was a great cook. I can't imagine it's true. So, if you marry somebody because they're a great cook, what happens when you go on a diet? Well, I don't need to be married to you anymore. You understand? Relationships exist here. Now, both of Four stages of Dava. Mikey, did I convince you? Yes. I, I, I still don't get it, though. Because the fact that he thinks she's attractive is his thought, not his... Thought. No, it's not. It's not just that he thinks she's attractive. He feels it in a place that's even bigger than his emotion. He can't even tell you why he loves her. Why her? Of all the girls in the world, why her? Know you know, I once saw, them. I was walking in an airport in Florida, not in Miami, in Fort Lauderdale, and a very famous, at the time, she was a very famous um, supermodel. She was a swimsuit, uh, what's it called, like a sports illustrated swimsuit issue cover. Was walking through the airport in Fort Lauderdale, and she was very tall and very graceful, and I remember thinking to myself, yeah, like, like, you don't really feel anything because it's just like a magazine cover. I'm sure there's somebody in the world that feels very deeply about
2: her.
0: was that? <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody that feels deeply, but I didn't feel deeply. That's just like, you could say, I could see that there's beauty there, but that's not the same thing as a trench, right? Does that make sense? Sammy. seems very dangerous to say that all relationships are trying to get emotions because like someone knows how doesn't know how to express why they love you. ah ah comes along Sammy and he asks the most amazing question Rebbe. how do I put words into something that is beyond words it's the challenge of every relationship and here's what happens when you start saying I love you it falls so much it falls so short when you actually really feel that And then you try to put it into words, it can't possibly capture it. And so what have we done throughout history? We wrote poetry and music, we made art, right? We did all these things in the name of love that cannot possibly be expressed. So you could say the things you love about your wife, but here's the thing. Part of the reason you love your wife's cooking is really because you love your wife for no reason at all, right? It's not that her brand, like I love it when and brag about their wife's cooking. It's like my favorite thing in the world. you got to come to my house. My Rebetzin makes the best challah. First of all, calm down. Your and challah is like every other and challah. She just puts in like, that much more sugar or that much more... Like, it doesn't really make a difference. At the end of the day, it's challah. It's mediocre bread. Let's put it what it is, okay? I love challah. Don't have to rip challah. Okay, but let's just be real. Your Rebetzin does not make the best challah in the world. The fact that you're like walking around going, my Rebetzin, calm down. Right. You love your and challah because you love your Rebetzin. Right? And and the things and the things that you love about your rabbit by the way, like all those cute little things that you love about her, nobody else likes about her. That's why you're married to her. In fact, when we're around it, it can be very awkward and uncomfortable. Because when we see people expressing themselves in public in things that are beyond words, which means private, it's like, ugh, why are you doing that? So for example, I know a Rebbe. And I didn't know this at the time because nobody warned me, but I know a Rebbe that is head over heels in love with his wife even though he's been married for over 20 years, he's still like a little Gaga teenager. Now, apparently there's a thing with this Rebbe, don't get rides with him, he's not a Rebbe in our Yeshiva, don't take rides with him, because if you take rides with him, chances are his wife is going to call while he's in the car. And they're like two mushy gushy little like, teenagers with you each other. Up. And like, No, you hang up first. I love you so much. It's more than words can describe. I didn't know this. I was going somewhere and I was standing by the corner. He goes, You want a ride? I said, Sure. I got a ride. I was like, Oh my God. It was so uncomfortable. So afterwards, I, I needed to like find out if that was normal. So it's and Har. I didn't do the right thing. But I asked the Rebbe and his yeshiva, I'm like, So uh, I got a ride with this Rebbe and he goes like you took a ride with that Rebbe? Did his wife call? And I'm like oh my god is that like he goes? And everybody knows you don't take rides with them it's so deeply uncomfortable and now this Rebbe that I asked about it so we always have a thing whenever we take a drive together and some of you might know him that's why I'm not saying his name whenever we take a drive together and one of our wives call what we do is like, we'll like hang up the phone with our thumb without the other person realizing i will be like no, you, you hang up no, you hang up. No, I love you the most. No, I can't stop it. You know, like, and obviously we've hung up already, but it's just so deeply uncomfortable, right? Because you can't put words to it. And actually, that's the best part of a relationship is when you don't try. Right? Because the more you try to limit it to the words, it's like, it falls short. That's why it's so dangerous to say I love you all the time. If you use it carefully, then it could become something very powerful. Mikey? You convinced
1: me about this but. Without... Girl situation, yeah,
0: not like, the whole God. Well, let's think about it. Is there a part of you that would love not to be Jewish? The answer is yes, yeah, yeah? because you wouldn't have any responsibility, right? Yeah. And yet, but you would have responsibilities towards Judaism at least, right? But the truth is, you may not even have any responsibilities at all because if you're not Jewish and there is no God, right, then you can really do whatever you want. You want to marry somebody, fine, you don't want to marry somebody, fine, you want to spend your life with somebody, you want to you like them today, you don't like them tomorrow, what's the difference, right? Once you introduce God into the equation, you introduce obligation. We don't want to have obligation because we have bias, so we prefer not to believe in it. And yet, an amazing thing. There's a part of you that's still sitting here today. Now why is that? Why are you attracted to the notion of being passionate about Judaism, even though you're not? There's a part of you that would love to be passionate about your Judaism. Maybe you're not. But that part of you, it's illogical it'd be easier to throw off your Judaism. Why are you so attracted to God? You know what I'm saying? There's also, there's also Make sense? There's also a benefit.
1: yeah, For sure of the there
0: benefits. Second second. There's For logical. sure there are benefits. For sure there are benefits. But none of those doing. benefits, and Mikey knows this internally because I saw his face moving while I was talking, none of those benefits are what we're talking about. There's something about him, there's something about all of us in this room, that we would do even illogical things if God asked us to. For example, and this is something we've proven time and time and time again throughout history. You take a Jew, who's kal shabakal, not involved, put him in a situation where he can die for al-kiddush Hashem, and he will. And it's a crazy thing. People who were not like observant Jews at all said, no, I'd I'd rather die than violate Shabbos and you put a gun to my head. Same thing that makes those Russian Jews come to shul on Yom Kippur. Why are you coming to shul? You don't come to shul the rest of the year. They're hedging
1: your bets.
0: No, so that's the thing. They're not. That would be, that would be brilliant.
1: If they were hedging,
0: because when you talk to them and they're honest because they didn't grow up as Orthodox Jews so they don't have any of our bias, and you ask it, one of those Russian Jews who comes to shul on Yom Kippur why are you here, they don't say Pascal's wager. You know what they say? Because I'm Jewish.
2: Yeah.
0: And then you say, so if you're Jewish, do it the rest of the year. But that—that's already like a seal. They're already holding. I don't. I don't think I do. It anyway. What do I do that's unlawful? Like you're here right now. Yeah.
1: Are the only. Because I think, think it's because I think it's. I, mean, I don't want to say it has because it's a very base way of looking at. Like the I do General. It, right. right. To a certain degree, that is. Like I don't. I don't think that right of a senior. life without a higher purpose is a life a living.
0: Good. Who told so, you that? Obviously, the teachers. No no, 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 no. But who? Jesus but himself. who told you that?
1: Myself.
0: I look around the world. And I say Who's that the I self mean... that you that told you that? My... Because it, there are plenty it, of people you're that did,
1: you're gonna say this individually. That's my, my. I have transcended re- part of my brain. But I so, agree. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I can also gonna I can look around the world, with a logical, the logical couple, logical entity, and see, look how like crappy the world is when you don't have a higher purpose. And look happy I, have friends, and look I
0: have it. friends that, that would say, I have friends that are not religious at all, that don't keep Shabbos, don't keep kosher, eat pork on Yom Kippur. And they would say, I don't need a higher purpose for life. It's good when life has purpose, but why do I need a higher purpose? I mean, because
1: everything that they're doing doesn't have a, like, there's no reason, there's no reason.
0: Okay, so, you, so th- what they would say to you is, good, so you made up a meaning to make yourself feel better.
1: So that's what I'm saying.
0: That's what I'm saying. We can find a proof that. Right. So, you, so you're saying... I, so this is what you're saying. I don't really believe in higher purpose. does it
1: really matter? So I'm saying...
0: Right. So you're saying, I don't really believe in it. As, as, as
1: long as you feel the higher purpose, you're going to do better things in life than people do. not well.
0: Good. So what you're saying is this. The only reason I believe in higher purpose... Right. So but, the, but here's the thing. When you walk an old lady across the street, you're not saying to yourself, right? Yeah. You're not saying to yourself, really... I don't need to walk this old lady across the street, but the world is a better place when I do. So I'll believe in a higher purpose. I'll walk the old lady across the street. No, you just take her bags and you help her across the street. Where is that inside of you?
2: Your emotions.
0: Imagine if you said to your wife, "I don't really need you. I don't really need you, but but like this is better with you." Like. <laughs>
1: but the shortest thing for sure it's not to be right so saying right so get
0: down on one knee is, right that's true. so get so get down on one knee and tell your wife sucks to be lonely want to hang out with me
1: well if she's really lonely I'll go too that's maybe that's a better as married right,
0: are and you're setting yourself up for a heck of a relationship tell you i I'm thinking of that
1: that's okay so please was it like yeah 3 or 4 plus how do you do
0: we're discussing the five of pleasure based on that you find love as being able to look past someone's flaws. What was that? being able to look past someone's flaws. It's true that when you love someone you look past someone's flaws but the reason for that love is here. The one else did you look like? I, I, I don't was it. that
1: when you look past someone's flaws and when you get to that point you relate
0: That that happens that happens to be true, but he's not he's not addressing the question of what the source is for that love. Yeah, I don't know if I I don't know if I fully agree with that. Okay, guys, tomorrow we're gonna pick this up with Davening.